Hello. Hello. How is my bestie doing today? I'm doing great, Garrett. How are you today? Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> I'm doing actually pretty well now that I'm here with my best friend. I'm excited to talk and just catch up because over the past couple of weeks, we've both been pretty busy. So I want to catch up and just have some bestie time, you know, like some real quality time with my bestie girl, Clear. That's for sure. When I tell you I've been so busy lately, you guys, I feel like my plate has been so full. I also got like pretty sick in the middle of the week randomly and that's never fun. And I feel like I like might have caught a little bug or something and that kind of thing especially is not fun. So yeah, I feel like I've got a really full plate and it's about to get even more full. So I'm gearing up for a very busy season, but I'm also just holding on to the mental thought of like lazy days by the pool. Like my half days after work, I can come home, have a little lunch and then go hit the pool or like go hit the gym or something. Like, you know, I'm just manifesting good summer vibes. So trust me, I am there with you. I'm counting down the days. I'm just excited for the warmer weather. And honestly, other than that, just missing Chloe motherfucking Garside. Dude, it's been like six months since we've seen each other and it's starting to wear on me. I miss you so much. So I'm glad that we are able to do this every week and let all the besties listen in on our deep conversations. And also, this season might be hard. You know, like a tough season sucks, but... You'll be productive and it sucks now, but it'll be worth it in the end. So just get through it. I know my angel is a hard worker, so she'll get through it no matter what. But I'm here for you always. And I just love you so much. Oh, I love you too, Pinky Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of catching up, I want to know, babes, woo woo, what's up with you? What have you been up to these past couple of weeks? So one of the things that we've been really busy doing lately is like we've been apartment hunting. We've been touring a lot of different units, just going and seeing all that different stuff. And it can be really fun, but it can also be like overwhelming, like disappointing sometimes, tiring. And a lot of the time it's like a lot of details and information thrown at you all at once. And one thing that I can't stand is how they'll put like a price lock. Once you go and view a place, they'll put like a 48 or 24 hour price lock and you have to make your decision within that window of time to get the deal that they're talking about. And I mean, I'm in sales too. I understand it, but I don't like to be like pressured to make my decision under that amount of time when I also want to see other options, but I don't have the ability to see multiple places, multiple days in a row within 48 hours all the time. Exactly. And this isn't a small decision. This is a big decision. So you want to have time to make sure you pick the right place. And this is obviously different from when you first moved to Austin because you're actually there now. So you can go and visit and have options and see what's around and stuff. So I'm sure this is very different from past experiences. So I'm excited to see what you end up with. And I know everything will happen for a reason and you'll end up where you belong. Me too. And we actually did put an application in. Oh, um last night to one place so hopefully we'll hear back and we'll get it yes no i'm manifesting that place for you i'm obsessed with it that's where i want to go when i visit so positive energy chloe's basically signed sold and delivered her lease i mean is there 
Yes, I mean, there's always like, when you look at a lot of different units too, there's always so many pros and cons of all of them. And like one of the units that I saw these had these really pretty bay windows. And I'm like, oh, I'm kind of going to be sad. I'm not going to get those bay windows anymore. But it's like, you know what? It's so rare to find a place that checks everything that was on your like original checklist. And we found it and we said, that's it. We're, We're snatching it. So yeah, like Garrett said, positive manifestation. So we get accepted or approved or whatever you want to say and get that place. And then we'll be moving in in April. And by the time I see my pookie bear next, he'll be coming to see me in my giant new cool place. I cannot wait. Have my own bedroom, have my own bed. I'm moving in. Uh, sign me up. I'm there. And I'm going to be contacting you for a lot of interior design advice because I'm trying to make this place look design deluxe homie like we're moving in like i'm painting oh she's there mural and all <laughs> <laughs> i also was looking into wallpapers but a mural is not a bad idea a giant efbf logo on the wall <laughs> oh shit i need a projector so that i can get it perfect done and done so other than that I've just been shopping, getting some like springtime work clothes and some fun little goodies here and there. I finally splurged and got a couple pairs of Levi's shorts. I'm mm-hmm. super excited about that. I've went button downs, y'all. You know the drill. So I'm excited about those. And then I got like some little free people workout shorts, some little like dresses for work, that kind of stiff and i just ordered a watch from amazon and it's about to get here today so i'm really excited because i have to wear a watch every single day for work and sometimes the apple watch like especially on saturdays the apple watch really is sometimes the best option because it gives me like the ability to look up all different kinds of stuff but sometimes on like chill days and or days when i'm wearing like a really nice outfit the apple watch just kills my vibe so I'm going with kind of like a classic watch dupe look. Ooh. So, you know, just something classic and timeless for my timepiece. I live. Hey, we're so classy. So get here by tonight. <laughs> and I just ordered it while I was watching Love is Vine like a few minutes ago. So I'm really excited. Oh, ordered it now. Get it now. Like it's yes. one day. I live. Okay, boosh. Yes, ma'am. So after we put our applications in. It was really fun. We went and checked out this super cool new brewery by our place that we have been wanting to check out forever. I would love to bring you and Jared to this place whenever y'all do get a chance to come because I feel like it's such a chill, laid back, fun pizza and beer kind of place. And they sell pizza. Their merch is chef's kiss. So cute. So I definitely had a fun time. And it's like, that was just like a really special fun a- a- occasion for us because we had just gotten to tour an apartment together that we decided we wanted to put an application in on. Like it's it's fun and it, it was a fun little like cheers toast to us kind of thing. So fun! I love discovering like little new places, especially ones that hit and are actually like a gem that you find. Especially after like you said a big day of a touring and just getting the good news. So I love that. I cannot wait to go when I visit. Yes, ma'am. I can't wait to take you because we didn't get pizza, but I definitely want to try pizza there. But it's also tough because. Our other like all-time favorite spot that's right by our apartment that we've been going to since like our first week here is also pizza and beer. Well, the good news is pizza is my favorite food. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'm there. Like, don't worry. <laughs> and I, I can at least attest to the first, like the place that we've been going to this whole time. Like their pizza is so good. So. Uh. 
I'm there. So the ranch is buzzing. (laughs) (laughs) So Garrett, tell me what have you been up to? What's been going on, Miss Girl? You know, nothing much. Your list is way more exciting than mine this week. But there's a few things I want to touch on. So the first thing I want to talk about is estate sales, which I think we've touched on before since I've moved to North Carolina. I gravitate towards an estate sale. That's what I can say. It's in my blood. We love a thrift store. And I'm literally about to look up estate sales right now because you have just inspired me. You have just put the, you have put a wild hair down my spine for an estate sale. And you're not going to regret it because I guarantee you in Austin, Texas too, they're going to have some good ones. So since moving here every Saturday that me and Jared both have off, he will Google some estate sales and they hit guys. And the one we went to a couple of weeks ago was the best estate sale I've ever been to in my life. So we pull up. I have no idea where we're going either. Like Jared was just like, we're going to go to an estate sale. Got in the car. We pull up to this neighborhood. Lux. I'm like, bouge. This is where I could see me and Chloe living across the street from each other. Like raising our Shut kids. Up. Like dream. Like bouge. So we pull up. 8.15. It opened at 8 o'clock packed out the wazoo. I was like, oh my God, like, what are we about to pull up to? I'm so excited. So another reason I love estate sales is because I'm a nosy motherfucker. I love going inside some houses and like seeing the layout, seeing how people decorated. So we walk up to this house and it's ginormous. It's four stories. And I'm trying to think of a bigger house I've ever been into, but this might be the biggest one because it had a movie theater it had a gym it had a basement it had like two living rooms it had upstairs it had a playroom it had a like everything it was so nice so we walk in it literally looks like these people just picked up and left i'm like did the witness protection program come it's up in here just like interesting too i love to kind of just sit and guess like what went down what <laughs> in the world it's giving like shit's creek literally i'm like what happened to this family like i try to make a whole scenario in my head like what happened to them like is there a mom dad kids what's going on here so we pull up it's literally like ginormous like i said so we're going through and i always go straight to the master closet like and why would you not like why would you not do that so dash to it and I find some cute shit and we go around. I just honestly, all I did bought was clothes there, but the clothes I purchased were 12 out of 10. So I only got a sweatshirt, a t-shirt and Jared got a sweatshirt. And when I bought these, I had no idea what they were. So I was like, this is just fucking cute. Like they, they feel nice. They look like unique and something that I don't have. So I snagged them. It was like 20 bucks for all three things. And I go home and I was like, wait, like this is like super fucking cute. And it's like, luxury it feels like better quality than lululemon like the sweatshirt was nice so i was like what is this like what's going on and then like the collar had no tag but it just said like the size of the shirt so i was like what is this so i typed in what the sweatshirt says i find the company it's just like small little brand that makes these sweatshirts that are 90 plus dollars and i got it for seven fucking dollars and it's fucking cute chloe i'll show you now it says, see you it's in my dreams. So cute. I love it. 12 out of 10 on that. And then I was like, wait, let me look at the shirt I got. So I got this shirt and I had no idea what it was. So I just typed in the name on the tag and it came up to this brand that was super bougie. And it was like $60 per t-shirt. I'm like, wait, I just got a $90 sweatshirt and a $60 t-shirt for 15 bucks. Like okay. slay my life away. So 
I'm telling you guys, I was going to include this in my obsessed, but this is what I've been up to. So 12 out of 10, if you've never been to an estate sale, please do it. I mean, there are misses. Like this is very rare to get something this good. But if you live in a big town every weekend, there's going to be multiple estate sales. And it's fun to go to estate sales once you've been to thrift store so many times. Like I'm, I'm over going to Goodwill beside me. So mm -hmm. it's just it's fun to switch up in the environment and find some new goodies. So I just had to touch on that because I was slayed. I was like, oh, I'm gagged. So while you've been talking, I've been looking at a little bit on estatesales.net to find some local ones in Austin around me. And I'm super interested. I will say, just like Garrett was saying, it's kind of hit or miss. I, I will say you have to kind of, it looks to me like you have to kind of be prepared for either some semi-creepy experiences mm -hmm. or to approach a lot of very, very scary, potentially possessed toys because there are some really scary dolls that I'm seeing and toys. No, for sure. That are a little bit ooh, questionable. So that's like, you know, you take what you can get but i do think that, that would be such a fun weekend date for mitchell and i to try and i mean honestly for me i'm also just i like almost never walk into a big box store and buy something brand new right out of the, out of the store at like base price i either shop at places like tj maxx or marshall's or i go to like goodwill or i thrift like thrift in other thrift stores around town Facebook marketplace, like eBay, even stuff like that. I feel like I'm more attracted to like the hunt and the thrill of the find. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Cause I could pay for the big box store prices and sometimes I still do, but I just enjoy trying to find something that's a little more unique or something or mm -hmm. like finding exactly what it is that I want. I'm the same way. I think it's so fun too, because a lot of the stuff's so unique and no one else will have it too so we love being one of one one of a kind so it's just super fun and like i said something to do so i could not recommend it enough i think you and mitchell would be obsessed and you would just continue doing it because that's just right up your alley so i oh, I've support already picked out a few that i want to go to <laughs> okay. i've already picked out a china set that i'm gonna get <laughs> she's buying the house <laughs> real. Uh, so other than the state sale i have some big news for me oh, at spell. least, for me at least, but I've leveled up in the world and I finally got a new phone. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's been way overdue, guys. Like my phone was busted. The back of it shattered. Oh. My front camera, purple. My phone calls on speaker always. Privacy, never heard of her. So it was just time for a new phone and we've upgraded and I got the cutest mother effing case. It's EFBF coded. It's pink and orange checkered, like distorted, but it has this like holographic shine to it when it's in the light that turns like hot pink. It's just really cute. Like it gets the vibe. It's like, okay, yes, this is what I would design if I could design a phone case, you know? Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. So I really, I must say, Garrett, you have a lot of goodies coming to you very, very soon that stop. I think you'll be really excited stop. about. Stop. Stop. I'm done. I'm cutting you off because you stop. You're teasing me. So now that I've leveled up, I'm just feeling very bouge and like the 1%. So I just had oh, to touch on that. <laughs> I said what I see, said. <laughs> for, for Mary out there listening, do you see what you did? You got the boy opera tickets and now he's going crazy. He's like, I'm just going to get a new phone. I'm going to be a whole new me. I'm going to start shopping at estate sales, see if I can get some designer stuff. 
I'm blacked out. I'm, I'm going to go to, he's like, I'm, I'm not shopping at estate sales. I'm just going there so I can walk around and feel like, like pretend. <laughs> I could just picture Garrett, like going in there, laying down on the bed, like getting in the bed, getting comfortable, like pretending that that was his place for a little while, taking a shower. No, I'm using literally. the sauna. Hold on. It's like live action manifesting. I'm like there in the moment. Like I'm taking it the next level. I'm like picturing myself, but I'm actually there. There's a scene in Bob's Burgers where Linda and Bob give all their kids to Mort to be their babysitter. And they have Mort, the next door neighbor, who's also a mortician. He's driving them around in a hearse. And one of the kids is like, I have to pee so bad. Take it, like, stop right there. There's an open house. And Mort's like, okay, fine, fine. We'll stop for just a second. Go in there, use the bathroom, and come right back out. They go into the house. And Mort's like, oh, my God, it's been like an hour. What are these kids doing? Gene's in there. He's taking a shower. He gets out of the shower. He's like, oh, <laughs> give it a minute in there. It's good. It's a little steamy. You know? <laughs> like, we're just like haven't added i love it <laughs> i'm so there that is so funny but um yes so new phone and then i did a little bit more shopping for the house i got some curtains got an outdoor rug got a new blanket just you know sprucing it up a little bit just trying to still just get those little things that you never think about that you need and just like trying to round off the apartment finally so that's basically all i've been up to babes it's been a pretty chill couple of weeks but that's okay with me fine by me yes ma'am i love getting a few little things to spruce up the house it feels good it feels good it's like every time i walk in i'm like oh this is like a surprise i'm like oh this is a new place where am i i treated myself and i got some <laughs> new measuring cups <laughs> i love it well speaking of obsessed chloe what have you been obsessed with guys see this is where our like rules have flipped because this is where i don't have too much that i'm obsessed with right now basically already touched on one of them facebook marketplace like thrifting like I just love the the possibility of being able to get something way outside my price range, but find it for a really good deal because someone needs to get rid of it for whatever reason. So I've been on there lately just trying to create my dream palace. And then other than that, I've been obsessed with Love is Blind. I have to say, I can't remember if I already talked about that on the show or not, but if if so, I'm still obsessed. That is so funny because my coworker came to my office today and was like, do you watch Love is Blind? I was like, no, but my best friend does. So you tell me I'll relay the message to her. <laughs> you need to start watching it. I only watch it for the cringy moments and there are some truly like... <gasps> moments it's a really good one to put on while you're like getting other stuff done too like you don't have to sit and watch it per se that could be like i'm folding clothes let me put something on or like you know i'm like hanging out shopping online let me watch something while i shop online like that kind of vibe totally yeah i see that i love that i just don't have netflix that's the one main mm. key that i'm missing to watch it but in spirit i'm there <laughs> oh damn okay well in that case now that I know that, I'm going to try to remember to start recording the really cringy moments and just sending those to you. Because basically the concept, if you haven't, like, if you don't know, for and for anyone who's listening, and I'll go through this so, so fast, but at the very beginning of the show, there's, like, a timeline. There's already wedding dates set. Oh. So everything is, like, on a tight timeline. If you don't find somebody, you're just, like, out. Oh. So you have to find someone, get proposed, like, you have to propose through a wall having never seen them. Like, it's uh -uh. so awkward. Like, the proposal, <laughs> they're just like, they'll be like, will you marry me? And then the sound from the other side of the wall is always the girl just being like... <laughs> 
guess. It's so awkward. You're going to pay me any amount of money to go on that show. Like, my biggest fear, honestly. <laughs> and then they have to, like, get all spruced up, get all dressed up. They see each other for, like, five minutes. And then they're, like, they make out some of them. Like, it's so awkward. And then <laughs> they get separated again. And they don't meet again until it's time to travel to this, like, tropical island where they have this short little mini vacation and at first, it was this way because it was, like, the new show and no one knew. Now people know about it. But at first, for season one, the couples all show up at the same hotel, but they don't know that they're at the same hotel. So some of them are there with their fiancés, their new fiancés. But the person that they just dumped two days ago is also there at the resort with their new fiancé. <laughs> Messy. It's a whole mess. They want the drama of it all. And the whole time that clock is ticking, because after the, like, tropical vacation, they go to a little apartment that the show pays for, and they have to, like, live at home together for a little while. And that's when they get their phones back, and that's when shit really, like, always hits the fan. And then, after that, they meet each other's families, and then there's a wedding. And so far, I haven't gotten to a single wedding yet. Oh, wow. They said we did not make it across the finish line. Nope. But I will say I haven't, so I'm, I started on season six and they're still streaming. So we haven't gotten there yet. And now I'm like watching season one and I just haven't gotten to that point yet. So maybe someone will get married. We'll see. There's hope. There's still hope in the air, although <laughs> I think all of them are doomed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Come on, love is blind. It's so entertaining. But Garrett, what are you obsessed with? Because that's about it for me over here. So, I have a few things I've been obsessed with. The first being, on Valentine's Day, we got a surprise drop of some photos of Miss Lady Gaga as Miss Harley Quinn with the Joker. And these photos are breathtaking. They are beautiful. I am so excited. Every shot is so different, but my favorite shot is of Lady Gaga and the Joker on top of the roof and she's in this like beautiful dress with her hair up and they're like dancing like holding each other and I'm like it's so cinematic but I just know the twisted shit that's gonna take to get there is gonna be so good guys like buckle in because the Joker 2 era is about to start. Like, I'm about to be head deep, fully obsessed. Allegedly, we're going to be getting the trailer in April. So, mm-hmm. allegedly, but I'm fingers crossed because I cannot wait to see this. It's going to be so good, and I think it's going to be so unique. I mean, I don't know, but you saw the photos. What did you think? I mean... <sighs> First of all, to me, Gaga can do no wrong, but also I'm just really excited for another chance to see her attacking a huge cinematic masterpiece. I mean, she never goes small. Like, this is a go big or go home kind of woman and kind of scenario. I think it's going to be insane. I'm really excited about it. She's so, like, multidimensional, and I love to see her go to different places, and I think We've already seen in so many of her past music videos, especially when she was kind of new and doing some of her really avant-garde stuff. We know she can go to like a dark, twisted, cool, romantic, like she can make really dark and weird fantasy stuff, sexy and cool at the same time. She's got this really unique 
like I hate to say this word because it sounds kind of weird, but I feel like honestly, like Lady Gaga's got her own swagger to her. Like she can literally do anything and pull it off. And very few people can really do that. Like truly do that, in my opinion. A hundred percent. She's the girl that can wear any outfit and pull it off. Like she can do no wrong. Like just amazing. And we've seen her on screen before. So I know she's not going to fail us or like disappoint us in any way. So I'm just excited. And I know like the press, the red carpets, the movie, just everything. It's going to be so good. Top tier. But that leads perfectly into talking about Lady Gaga being back in the studio because on her Instagram recently, she's just been going full out with her selfies in the studio, teasing us. She has us. been tantalizing me. She yeah. has been teasing me like a little feather to the nipple. I, <laughs> my favorite kind of teasing as well. <laughs> she is just going crazy, you guys. Like, and I love her teasers. It's giving the same level. So like very different, very, very, very different vibes. But her and Kesha, the way that they're teasing me right now is getting me so excited. I'm like, ooh, keep giving it to me. Give me more. Like Gaga, <laughs> like inject it into me. Like, you no cheeky, wrong. You cheeky, cheeky woman. But. And it's all like punk grunge. She's like always wearing black. I'm, I'm like, Gaga, psyched. what are you doing? Like, stop. You know what, too? It also really reminds me a lot. I don't know. This could be so off base. You might disagree with me here. But it's reminding me a lot of like the scenes from her during her five foot two documentary. Like, I really feel like she's down to like a very like at home, comfortable. Like, I think she's going to really be getting into some some deep shit. I don't yeah. know. I agree. A hundred percent gets me five foot two arrow documentary type stuff. And we know she's going to deliver and God, God, like we're ready. We're hungry for it. So deliver and we'll take I it. I feel like I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like Gaga really goes into her phases where she like hibernates with her music and like she, she'll go through that where I feel like there's a time where she's maybe not even leaving her house, like getting food delivered, getting everything delivered, like, we'll sit on her porch, talk to people, maybe even smoke a cigarette. I don't know. But, like, I feel like she just gets into this creative cloud and then absorbs it for as long as she can and then just gives us whatever that produces. A hundred percent. She d- goes through waves of being very public and then hibernating back and, like, creating and crafting. And I respect that. I, I never rush Gaga. Because Gaga, mm-hmm. she is in the same category as Lord, whereas they can take 10 years to produce one album and I trust them that it's worth the wait and they have to put the work into themselves. And I want them or any artist that we talk about to be fully 100% well, healthy, mentally, everything before they give us the art because it's the best art they can give us. So Gaga, I'm so excited. I will also say kind of just going back to Gaga herself and just the like teasers and the way that she's getting so she gets so deep in her music I feel like Lana Del Rey does a similar thing like I feel like Lana also will tease us occasionally and like you'll see them stripped down like no makeup just like a tank top or a white t-shirt they're like specifically the two of those women I feel like they always get really down to like their roots. I feel like when it comes down to writing time, it's nitty gritty. Like they will, they'll kind of scrounge through it for a little while. And mm-hmm. I, I respect the hell out of that. 
I appreciate it. And it tells, it shows in their craft. So I support, and I mean, Gaga needed a minute because we haven't really spoken on Gaga. So that's a little Gaga update and I cannot wait to fully get all of this, but she's working. Mother is putting in the work. So we know it's coming. She's working guys. Let's everyone just give her her space. (laughs) (laughs) So moving on, I want to talk about something that's kind of silly, but I have been obsessed with it recently bagel shops i'm a bagel girly there's a bagel place that i want to take chloe when she comes to visit me next because i'm there every weekend it's so good i go through phases of bagels but right now like any bagel shop i see i want like i'm like that's my breakfast 24 7 it's a little too good i love that i just got bagels so i didn't go to a bagel shop but i got bagels from our local grocery store like my favorite grocery store and i got their like fresh bakery bagels there and they're so soft and fluffy like normally i would never eat a bagel without toasting it first because i love a hot warm toasted bagel but this one was so fluffy i literally couldn't help myself i couldn't even make it to the toaster before i devoured the whole thing and i got (laughs) For the first time, too, I almost always go because I called you the other night to talk about the bagels mm-hmm. and I almost always go savory. And we decided for me that I was going to get the chive cream cheese, but I switched up at the last second because I found those bakery bagels. I went with blueberry bagels with blueberry cream cheese and it is oh, exquisite. Oh, so my good. God. Sign I also up. think strawberry cream cheese would have been bomb or even plain because that's kind of almost like a cheesecakey kind of experience. Mm-hmm. But the blueberry, the blue on blue. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. Any bagel, anytime I'm there. So I just had to touch on that because that has been an obsession currently. So moving on, I want to talk about this show that I randomly found on YouTube one day. It was like a recommended to me and it is called Stacy Dooley sleeps over. And it is this 20 to 30 year old female that is from the UK. And she goes over to different families houses and sleeps over. But the people she goes with are of course like not normal. So like not, not, not normal, but I like just like has like a little quirk about it. So she, Went to like a trad wife, like a traditional housewife home. She went to like the upper 1% household and she is so blunt and dry. She's so funny. She kind of reminds me of you, Chloe. She's like super quirky, but like blunt, dry, like has those awkward moments that she will ask those questions and not give a fuck. And it has like the UK humor to it. So it's free on YouTube. Like I said, Stacey Dooley sleeps over. It's so funny. I am obsessed with it. Guys, I have to say it's totally fair for Garrett to say that to me because he's been there where I've said some really off-the-wall shit or just said, like, exactly what I'm thinking right on the spot, even if it's going to make the whole... Like, I don't read the room intentionally sometimes. I know how to read the room, but sometimes (laughs) I choose not to. (laughs) And that's why I would make such a good candidate for The Real Housewives of Austin. But (laughs) I'm just saying, like... Sometimes you've got to call a bitch out occasionally. And I love, don't take this the wrong way, you guys, but I love an appropriate, well-deserved opportunity to demasculate a man. I really do love that. You love it. I love it. (laughs) I love it too. (laughs) And I will say, like, even my sister, my sister has this, like, sort of not really family member, but, like, sort of a family member that is just basically a bitch, like end of story, just a bitch, an absolute unbelievable bitch. And 
this woman really wanted to like be involved with our family holiday the last time I was at my sister's house and she was like no you can't come like you just are not coming but she wanted to be there because she wanted to see me I know that that's what it was about (laughs) and Nicole was like honestly I should have just told you about it like warned you and prepared you and had had her come to meet you because she would not have been expecting what she would have been in for. Like she would have, she would have come thinking she was about to like rock my shit, but baby, I would have been sitting there with my arms back on the top of the leather (laughs) couch with my legs crossed, holding a beer with a fat cigar coming out of my mouth, ready to just rock her world, baby. Come on in, sit on my lap. Let's talk. No, it's a fact. And that's one reason (laughs) I love Chloe. Like no filter, say it as it is. And even if it's a little or hurtful hey it has to be done and someone has to do it so i love it i love it or hurtful (laughs) (laughs) the worst part too is if garrett is there to egg me on oh my gosh i can't be in the room i can't be no it's i'll say things that i will regret (laughs) oh my god i am dead so Switching vibes. It's going to be really hard for Garrett, you guys. I need you to give everyone kind of like virtually hold his hand, send him a hug right now because he's going through a really hard time. He's losing someone very important to him. And I'm I'm not even kidding. No, I'm like not joking, guys. Like my heart is actually broken. So a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned that Wendy Williams was releasing a documentary on Lifetime, Where is Wendy Williams? And it came out this past weekend and I watched both parts. It was over four hours long. And from the first two minutes, I knew something was wrong and it broke my heart. I'm not going to say things negatively about Wendy. I think that that woman has done so much. I just want her to live her life now in peace. I felt guilty watching it at times because it was hard to watch. I was at a loss for words. It's very hard to watch. Obviously, Wendy is not in her right mind in this documentary. And now, after the documentary has come out, we learn that Wendy has dementia. And uh, there's a lot going on with Wendy. Also, I'm going to say there's a lot of stuff going on, especially after watching the documentary. They don't even go into everything because the situation that she's in is so messed up. She has no control basically of anything in her life. And she has like, so speculation is that she also has a handler at this point. She has a guardian that is in control of all of her finances that happened in, I believe, 2021 or 2022. And the people around her are taking advantage of her very obviously people do not care about wendy's health and just looking at wendy the things that wendy is saying that people are picking up and trying to make it truthful obviously wendy is not present she's not saying things that she actually means and if she was the wendy williams that we actually know and she was actually here we know that she wouldn't be doing these things so that's one thing that makes me angry but also it's just so sad like watching it i was struggling because one thing i did not know before this documentary was how much wendy struggled with alcohol that was very surprising to me just because i didn't know and of course with the pandemic her husband cheating on her and having a baby with another woman with her show getting canceled with her illnesses like that's a lot for anyone to take on and then it, on top of that, being in the public eye, I have so much sympathy for Wendy Williams. And it's 
devastating and I know that she is now being taken care of. I hope at least I'm manifesting that for her and I just wish that she can rest and do what makes her happy. That's all I hope for her. I don't care because before this documentary, I wanted her back on my TV screen every single day. But now seeing what I've seen, there's no way that I would want to put that on her. Even though I do think she wants that in the documentary, she makes it very clear that she wants to be back on screen. She loves it. She loves the attention. But I just think right now, Wendy needs to put herself number one and her family needs to be there for her. I think the situation she's in is terrible. And I'm not even kidding when I say they can just set up a, a like a film area and let her sit and film and record as much and whatever she wants and just don't post it anywhere. So like let her do her thing and feel happy because that's also, you know, when someone's like going through a mental situation like that, there are different types of, you know, diseases where you essentially lose your memory and lose yourself sometimes doing an activity that is very, very familiar to you can kind of reset things for, for a little while and make you feel better. So maybe they could do something like that for her. But at this point, putting her back in the public eye just isn't right. And like Garrett was saying, like, it just feels wrong for the viewers too, because we know what's going on and it just doesn't feel, it feels exploitative. Exactly. It feels like they're exploiting her and I feel bad watching, but it does say Wendy Williams is the executive producer, but I mean, what we see in the documentary, I don't know, even if she watched all of this, it, if it even registered with her. So all I have to say is I'm praying for Wendy. I love Wendy and I'm just happy that we were able to have her and experience her. And now it's time for her to take care of herself. So Wendy, we love you. Uh, and I'm just wishing the best for her in every single way possible. Absolutely. And so now for music of the week, Garrett, I know you've got some exciting news, some good stuff to go through. I have a new song for music of the week this year or this week. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Tell me what's the new song, babes. So this is a song that Mitchell, we were kind of, we were on the way to an apartment complex and he was playing his playlist and this one came on it really reminds me of the beatles but it's it's really good like this is a song where i listened to it halfway as we were going and i was like okay i'm adding this to my playlist so it's called we're through by the hollies it's really really good and i think you would really enjoy it not the hollies the hollies <laughs> i live oh, girl. i live i will definitely be listening especially with the beatles vibe like i'm there i'm always there for a chill vibe so i'm excited definitely, definitely give her a listen in the car oh my god sign me up all right i'm there you convince me mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i could see it being really fun to play at like a wedding even but i don't know because the the title is We're Through, so maybe I have to listen to the lyrics. But just listening to this <laughs> to the song itself, like maybe could even see you like dancing at it in a cute little dress and suit kind of situation or something like that. Okay, cute. I see it. I'm there. I love it. Well, I love that and I will be checking it out. But I have a little bit of news before we get into my song of the week. But first things first, SZA with a little sneaky little girly pop and just surprise released her song Saturn. Surprise, new drop. S surprise, like, hi, how are ya? I'm like, SZA, what? Like, I'm not prepared mentally for this. And the song is 
iconic. It's so good. It's so funny right now that everyone's mentioning Saturn. Like Casey has mentioned it. Ariana Grande is mentioning it in her new album and now here. So SZA, you killed it. It's another love classic. It, love it, love it. But getting to actual business, guys, this right here is why you listen to EFBF. Okay. So almost like a month ago at this point, we reported on Miley Cyrus using a song in the Louis Vuitton men's fashion show. And I was like, hmm, like this song, hmm, never heard it before, but it sounds familiar. <laughs> like it has a little hints of something in it. Well, come to find out, <laughs> we were right. Miley Cyrus is releasing a song with Pharrell Williams. It is called Doctor Work It Out. And the song was originally written for bangers, but they've now gone back to the studio and did some new instrumentals, did new vocals, and it's coming out. And she released the cover art today. She has her iconic new hairstyle. She looks beat. She looks good. And I am scratching at the desk to get it. I'm so excited, Chloe. What are your opinions? Guys, I think we're getting a new era of Miley. I think Miley's going 80s. I think we're getting like 80s workout aerobics Miley vibes. And this song very much reminds me of like, let's get physical. It's giving me like Paula Abdul, like Olivia Newton-John. Like I could totally see her doing a really cool music video of her doing like an aerobics workout or something like that. I'm getting those vibes and I'm loving it because it's different right now. It's something that no one else is really leaning into right at this moment. And I kind of love that everyone else is leaning into country and she could do, she could step on that scene and knock everyone out with country. Easy. Even, like, and I'm so sorry to say this, but even Casey Musgraves, I think like if Miley walked on the scene and did country, I think she could really just knock it out of the park. And she's like, let me do my own thing. Yeah. She really I'll did. I'll do country later when y'all are doing something different. Like, I'll be doing R&B and I'll do my country era then. Yeah. This right here is going to be good. I'm so excited. We don't have an official release date. I'm assuming we might be getting it this Friday, March 1st. So it might be out by the time you listen to this podcast. But I'm excited, Chloe. Like you said, it's giving new. Her new era is everything. It's giving very much 80s. I mean, the cover with her in the fur coat. Oh, my God. She looks so good. She looks oh. so good and so much like Tish. Like, God. I know. She's, it's giving Tish. It reminds me a lot of Tish, and it reminds me a lot of her grandmother, too. Mm -hmm. And the way that her grandmother was always dressed in photos and everything and videos of her. So... I love it. I feel like she's tapping into some of her fam like familial roots, and I think she's going to really have fun with this this season of her life. I hope she does. I'm so excited. And I mean, what better time to tap into the workout scene when she looks so fucking good? Mm -hmm. Like, I rewatched the Grammy performance the other night, and my jaw was just on the ground about her body like i want that body like that's gonna put me back in the gym she works for it girl she but i will say too like i have to admit part of me is a little sad to let go of the rock and roll miley era like i want that for the rest of my life but that's ours because we witnessed it with our eyes we were it's in true. the rock and roll era so it's true it's a moment in time but she'll come back to it so enough being said on that because i think you guys probably can can get from our tone we're pretty damn excited about it Very but we'll excited. get back to it more whenever we find out about this release date when she's going to drop it what well, you guys will hear more but garrett tell me what is your song of the week 
So my song of the week is One of Your Girls by Troy Sivan off his new album, Something to Give Each Other. And why I chose this song is because of the instrumentals. It's very calm, but it's very unique in the way he delivers it and the instrumentals. And it's just fun. The lyrics are quirky. This whole album's quirky and fun. And I'm obsessed. So if you haven't given any of this album a listen, I cannot recommend it enough because it has Rush. It has one of your girls. It's very stacked. So I just had to mention it because this song has been out for a few months and I still go back to it weekly to listen to it. I think Troy's definitely good at doing fun and quirky mm-hmm. and like a little bit cheeky. Very camp. Very campy too, yes. I think. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Oh my gosh. And we love Troy Savon. So always here to support our boy. Our boy. Our sexy little boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's time to switch vibes and get into our main course for the week because this is something we've never done before, but something we've wanted to do since we've started the podcast. So Chloe, get into it. What are we doing this week? Spill the beans. So today we're going to be giving you some of our thoughts, feelings, energies, vibes about Miss Gypsy Rose. Now, a while ago, I would say that most people wouldn't know who we were talking about when we said we wanted to talk about Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Unless you're like actively involved in the true crime community, listening to podcasts, documentaries, watching that kind of stuff if you're absorbing that kind of information then yes you probably do know and have known about this case but it's very big in the public eye right now and it hasn't always been that way so garrett and i have been kind of fixated on this case for several years now um garrett introduced me to this documentary called mommy dead and dearest on youtube and that's where it all started for us where we really just became kind of fascinated by the case obviously True crime is always, like, horrifying because there's always going to be a crime involved. But this one's a little bit complicated because it's, like, crime on top of crime. We've got a victim who eventually lashed out. So without further ado, I'm going to let Garrett kind of get us into it, walk us through things. But like I said, we're just going to be giving some of our personal thoughts, opinions, emotions on the case um, all of our information is just collected online, so this is not anything that it like is our information. We have not personally sourced anything here, but it's just kind of fun to get into it and and talk talk about these cases. And this is something that Garrett and I do a lot on our personal phone calls when we're hanging out together. So we figured we'd finally fill you besties in. I agree because one of the first podcasts I ever listened to was Morbid, and. It sucked me in. I love a true crime podcast. and I know Chloe does as well. So we're kind of going to tap into that. And like Chloe said, this case has been so publicized now. We don't want to rehash everything. But I just want to give a little backstory. So if you don't know anything about Miss Gypsy Rose, you kind of know what we're diving into. So since we will be talking about a true crime case today, we wanted to put a trigger warning in that we will be talking about some heavy topics today, including mental health, abuse essay and a lot of heavy topics so we just wanted to throw that out there so if you're not in that mood or mindset today you can take a break and we will be back next week with a fun episode lighthearted. and like chloe said before we got a lot of our information through different podcasts i got some information from wikipedia and different websites so this is just a combination of all of that and also our opinions so with that being said 
Gypsy Rose was born to Dee Dee and Rod Blanchard on July 27th, 1991. And... Uh, the parents split. So her mother, single mother, Dee Dee, raised her. And from the beginning, Gypsy had health issues from muscular dystrophy to getting into a motorcycle accident that made her need a wheelchair. So all this stuff- According to her mother. Allegedly, yes. So Hurricane Katrina hit their home and destroyed everything. So they moved to Missouri. And by this time, Gypsy was on feeding tubes and had many other health issues. Like she was, if you just looked- at her, you could tell that there was something wrong with Gypsy. So the community supported Gypsy and the Habitat for Humanity built her and her mother a home in 2008. And yeah, like from the outside, you felt very bad for this family. Oh my God, like this, their house got destroyed. There's all this health issues, the money, the, it's just terrible. Like the whole situation from the outside looked horrible. So everyone was just rallying around them. But behind the scenes, Gypsy Rose was getting abused by her mother and at the time we did not know this but her mother had munchausen by proxy and as gypsy got older gypsy started questioning her illnesses and she wanted to get more independence because she was like wait i can walk wait i can eat on my own what is going on here so mm-hmm. a lot of stuff was going on behind the scenes but in 2011 at a convention gypsy tried to run away with a man that she met online but was caught by Didi. So this obviously led to Gypsy wanting more freedom. She had a lot of stuff going on online. She had a really a whole different life online on her computer. So after this, obviously Didi struck down, had a lot of tight rules on her, but Gypsy still was able to get her hands on a computer. So in 2012, she went back online and met Nicholas Godijan on an online Christian dating app and they started dating. So they had this relationship for a while and they had this plan to meet up at a local movie theater where their idea was that Nicholas was gonna meet Dee Dee and she was just gonna fall in love with him and be like, oh my God, date my daughter and just like be a happy family, like everything was gonna work out. But obviously that did not <laughs> go to plan and Dee Dee had nothing to do with Nick, but that did not stop Gypsy. They went to the bathroom and went at it, had intercourse, and that honestly, I think, submitted their love for each other because after this, they started planning out Dee Dee's death and how to get rid of her so they can be together forever. So on June 10th, 2015, Gypsy let Nick into her house and he stabbed Dee Dee 17 times in her back while she was asleep. They took all of Dee Dee's money and fled to a hotel where they chilled out. And honestly, what I was after reading, they sounded like they thought they got away with it in their heads. They're like, oh, this is mm-hmm. done. I'm sure at that point, too, you're also riding such a high of different chemicals that have been released in your body. Like you've got fear, you've got adrenaline, you've got, I don't even know, endorphins, maybe like there's so much going on. You're you must just be. I mean, there's a reason why people enjoy killing. And one of the reasons is some killers say that they get this like rush, this insane high from doing it. It's all these chemicals being released from your body because your brain is conscious and aware of what a huge thing you've just done. That's the thing. So I I agree. I believe they probably were on a high and they were on such a high that they had the balls to mail the murder weapon weapon. (laughs) to his parents house like like he lives with his family you guys that's where he's taking gypsy home to and they went ahead and mailed the the knife the murder weapon so it would get there before they did 
Yeah. They were sitting there in their hotel room. You know, they were getting some food, hanging out, maybe even getting some drinks. They were having sex, getting together, recording little sexy videos, all while there's a bloody knife in that hotel room that they're about to pack up and ship out. And Dee Dee's body is laying in that house. Yep. Still undiscovered. It's insane, Chloe. Like, she's not even registered that she killed her mom because in her head, this is her first taste of freedom. She's like, I have nothing holding me back anymore. I am now free. So her going to the grocery store by herself is an event because she's never done it before. Exactly. That's another huge thing. Like, that's another part of the double-edged sword of this case is like, yes, they committed a horrible crime, one of the most horrible crimes you can commit, but also she was feeling like she was trapped imprisoned and tortured and what happens to like a wild animal when you corner it they become rabid they'll do whatever it takes to get freedom our like internal innate instinct is to have freedom so it's really hard this is a difficult case to judge and on top of that i do want to mention too you know we're talking about nicholas godajan and his part in this nicholas had already been diagnosed he was already known to have had many different mental illnesses, mental issues, mental things that he was working through his family. That's part of the reason he was living with his family and they had to keep an eye on him and kind of, you know, monitor that and not saying that they did the best job, not saying they did a terrible job either, because I do believe that Gypsy had a big part in manipulating and masterminding this plan here. And I think that Nicholas was very persuadable for this kind of thing. I think he was really willing to do whatever it took to please Gypsy in this case. For whatever reason, they got this like bond going. They felt like they had this relationship, you know, too. Like, even though these people weren't necessarily teenagers still, both of them, they were in that mindset mentally. And when you're Mm -hmm. teenagers, your love is like love and death. And it's like, oh my God, it's us against the world. We're so passionate, all these things. And they got so clouded by that, that they Mm -hmm. started getting this idea and then started planning on this idea and then executed this idea. And it actually was a really, really, really bad idea. He could have just gone and picked her up and taken her away. Yeah, definitely easier, smarter ways to get out of this situation. On the night of the murder, when Nicholas is showing up at her house, he took a bus, showed up in the middle of the night texted her says i'm here and she goes to open up the door and it's been reported that she's already like you know got gloves ready for him she's got the murder weapon ready for him she's telling him like do this do that to be quiet make sure she's got the plan laid out and she goes to open the door to let him in at that point it would have been just as easy for her to walk out the door with a packed bag exactly Yep. And I honestly think what triggered her not to go with him was because of the last scenario that I just mentioned where she got caught, where she did try to leave. I've heard some things just from different podcasts that I've listened to um, in the previous days. Gypsy had tried to run away several times and been caught. And at one occasion, Gypsy had grabbed this gun and just shot at her mother. And it turned out that the gun was a BB gun. So she shot Dee Dee. Dee Dee did get injured, like, got her. Obviously, it's not going to feel good to get shot with a BB gun. But it, it was this very, like, daunting moment where they're looking at each other because Gypsy thought that was a real gun, and she grabbed at it and went to kill her mother. So I think that her mother was definitely very demented, very, very abusive. 
But I think between the two of them, Gypsy is the killer. Gypsy is the cold-blooded killer who would do it and do it again. Ah. Not saying she she would kill again, but saying that she tried to kill Gypsy. She had tried to kill Dee Dee once. She was going to keep trying and trying again. I think for her, she had sustained so much abuse at the hand of her mother. I truly believe that her mother just had to go. I don't think there was a way for Gypsy to ever feel free of her if Dee Dee was alive on Earth. Even if something else had happened, like she had somehow ended up in prison for attempted murder and her mother Dee Dee hadn't died, I think Gypsy would still be under the control of Dee Dee even from inside those prison walls. I think Dee Dee would be coming in to visit her on visitation at times and like would be doing whatever she could to somehow control Gypsy and for whatever reason because... She is a victim and has maybe even like some Stockholm syndrome. Obviously, that is her mother. I think Gypsy would continue to let Dee Dee visit her and control her through those visits and give her a plan and whatever that might be. So I truly think it was going to end in murder at one point or another. I just think it's so fascinating the way that Gypsy brought someone else into it to do the dirty work. And I'm not so convinced that he did as much of the dirty work as we're led to believe. Mm, so she had more of a part in it, you would say. And I, I think, think so. touching back on the mother or DD and gypsy, I mean, the two of them together is like water and oil. It's not going to ever work. Like that situation, just no matter how much therapy, how much time they put into trying to rekindle it. I just don't think it would ever go to a place that was healthy. I mean, she had lied to Gypsy about who Gypsy was from day one. Gypsy didn't even know her own birthday. Yeah. There was so much toxic foundation built on top of layers and layers of abuse that, no, I don't think there was ever a recovery. I don't think any amount of therapy or medication could ever get this duo to a place where they would be okay. I think if a therapist or some sort of child protection services or some sort of government intervention or any kind of intervention would have found the two of them before this had gotten to that point and found out the truth of what was happening, it would have been like court mandated separation, like restraining orders, because there's no other way. No doubt in my mind. I think that the hate that Gypsy had for Dee Dee was, would never go away until she did what happened that night. I think that just looking at her made her sick. I think knowing that Dee Dee did so much to her, she's like, yeah, I I don't want her to live. Like, I, It wouldn't make me happy seeing her be able to live because I haven't been able to live because of this woman. All alleged, but I just think the hate that she had for Dee Dee is what made her do it. She was like, I don't love her. I have nothing for this woman. She's taken everything from me. So I think that could have been a reason. But like you said, all of this is such a double-edged sword because at the same time, Gypsy knew that she could walk. Gypsy knew that she did not need all of this medical attention. So, I mean, she did play a part in it. She did feed into it. She said, oh, I get all these free trips to Disney World. I get a free house. I get all of this free stuff. Like, she was of age to be coherent and not an excuse of like, oh, I'm just a little girl. No, like you knew what you were doing. And by this time, you definitely knew that you were not as sick as you were putting on, you know? I think that, again, like... (sighs) The, the whole case itself is a double-edged sword, but when you get to Gypsy and Dee Dee's relationship, it's like a quadruple-edged sword because also I think that they've had a love-hate relationship on both sides. I think they both loved each other. Even to this day, Gypsy will say, I never hated my mother. I don't hate my mother. I love my mother. I loved her. 
but I was abused by her and I was, I needed freedom or whatever it is that she says. But I think that they had a love hate relationship. I think it was always toxic. I think that for some reason, Dee Dee probably always felt like her life could have been something else if Gypsy wasn't in the picture. And, but yet still like micro managed and obsessed on every last little detail of Gypsy in her life and made that Dee Dee's entire existence. But I think there was just truly like never anyway. Dee Dee was so mentally ill and unstable. I don't think she could have like ever been a good mother to any child. Honestly, I don't think it was Gypsy specifically. I don't think it was the situation. I don't think it had anything to do with like Gypsy's dad or his family. Like, I think it really came down to like Dee Dee was a deeply disturbed person who needed help. A hundred percent. It could have easily been nipped in the bud. If someone would have done their due diligence and like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Like, what are you talking about? Like, let's like report this. Why are we putting a feeding tube in this child? Yeah. Can we watch her try to eat and see what happens? Let's put her on a 48 hour hold. Mom, you can go on home, take some rest. You can come visit her during her visiting hours, but we're going to keep her on a 48 to 72 hour hold and monitor her and just see how things are going. Mm -hmm. Right? How does that sound? I don't give a shit if you disagree because now we're putting... I mean, this is what's crazy to me, too, is after this whole, like, Gypsy Rose case really came out and is becoming so popular, people are learning more about Munchausen by proxy and about the fact that this disease is real and that it can happen. But there are other cases, too. And, like, with the Maya Kowalski case, if anyone's ever been familiar with that, I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, this this hospital was so in fear that the mother was had had Munchausen by proxy and was abusing her child that they did take the child and put her on a government or uh, hospital mandated hold and kept her for I think eighty something days ninety something days that that case had terrible life altering detrimental effects as well but it's just so interesting that like these two different situations went in such different ways where one situation, the hospital took drastic actions and they happened to be the wrong actions. Whereas this instance, these hospitals took no action for a long, long time. A few doctors spoke up, but a squeaky wheel gets the oil. You have to speak up again and again and again. If something's not happening, this is a child who you think is being abused. You need to speak up every single day because what if you're the only one who's speaking for that child? Come 100%. On. I agree. And I think what really helped Dee in getting her plan of getting the doctors to do what she wants was her, the Hurricane Katrina. She really used that as a crutch to be like, oh, all of her documents went away in Katrina, which obviously terrible. That whole thing obviously is devastating, but her using it to her advantage is the sick, sick, twisted part of this scenario. I've also heard before, I don't even know if this is true and I haven't tried to fact check it, but I also heard that Dee Dee was banned from the state of Louisiana and that they didn't leave because of Katrina. They left because she was banned from the mm. state, which is pretty wild. Don't know if that's true, but that's pretty wild if it is true. She's also alleged to have been interested in things like black magic in the past, certain financial fraudulent situations things like that. So I don't think Didi was ever a good seed like by any means. And like I've said before, I think she had some really deep issues. This woman was a master manipulator in every way. She manipulated 
Harvard medical trained doctors. You know, she manipulated very intelligent people. She got money from government resources. She got money from uh, foundations who who give out charity to people who are in desperate need. She was able to play all of these people as well as her day-to-day life neighbors and friends and family. Everyone was able to just go along with this for so long. That shows the level of dark, evil intelligence that she had going towards this scheme for so long. And all those years, Gypsy was there watching and learning. And like you said, she was playing her part in it. It, it makes me nervous because I think Gypsy is a little master manipulator prodigy. 100%. No, I totally agree. And I would highly recommend every single person listening to go watch Mommy, Dead, and Dearest and the act because you can get the visual of how Dee Dee did play the part and how she manipulated these people, especially Mommy, Dead, and Dearest because you see the videos of especially Gypsy feeding into the act and her mom and now knowing that all that was fake. It's just so weird and bizarre. So seeing it firsthand was just crazy, right? It's so wild. I mean, one of the places there's a scene where Gypsy's going right after they killed her mom, her and Nicholas get out. They're going and they stop and get some groceries and she doesn't have any money. So she's going to steal a box of mashed potatoes. And this is a great scene where we're seeing Gypsy's ability to master manipulate. We're seeing that Gypsy knows the difference between right and wrong, but knows how to scan the system. Mm hmm. And she shoves a box of mashed potatoes inside her shirt or in her wheelchair somewhere or something like that. And they steal these powdered mashed potatoes. They leave. Well, that Piggly Wiggly where that happened is right around the corner from Garrett and I's house. He used to play at a house next door to that growing up all the time. It's just so weird seeing something like that so close, especially the way we were so interested in Gypsy's case for years before that even happened. It really felt like we almost manifested that right, right next door. Yeah, right. It's insane. So I just want to touch on the closing of this case. So after they mailed the murder weapon, people started noticing some unusual activity on Didi's Facebook. Just some posts were posted and no one's been hearing from her. So there's a lot of speculation and the neighbors decided to go over and knock on the door. They saw that her car was in the driveway knocked no answer everyone got a weird feeling so 911 was obviously called and a search warrant was placed on the house and they go inside discover this horrifying scene and a lot of evidence that was easily led them to gypsy rose and thinking that she had something to do with it i want to stop you there because What's interesting, and, and they show it in a really good way in the act, if you watch the act, which Gypsy Rose doesn't like the act. I will make a note of that. She says that that's not the way she would have liked the story portrayed. I thought it was a great job. And as far as all of the true crime cases I've ever listened to, my opinion is the act seems like it's pretty damn close to what I've ever read or heard of or seen. <laughs> so I do want to get in here and mention, though, some of that unusual activity that people saw on Didi's Facebook page, Didi was a very modest, quiet, private person. And she had, well, she pretended to be, let me say that. I don't think she really was, but she pretended to be. And she had this whole persona that was almost what you would see if you picture like a very, very highly religious, quiet mother, honestly, mm-hmm. kind of 
reserved, quiet mother. I mean, you can imagine this person, you've probably met someone like her before. And it was very unnerving to see some of the messages because there was a lot of foul language. There was violent language used, sexual language, very unnerving, very startling behavior. So when that started to happen and friends and family started seeing that and making some noise about, you know, this strange behavior, when they first found out that Dee Dee had been killed, there was a huge fear that Gypsy was missing, that whoever had come in and killed Dee Dee in the night had taken Gypsy because at this point, everyone still believed that Gypsy was this sweet, innocent girl with all of these, this long list of medical issues and also had disabilities. And now this person has taken her in the dead of night and her wheelchair is here. Her medicine is here. Like her, all these things that she needs are here. It's terrifying to think. And we've heard cases where things like this have happened and, and really, really terrifying, awful outcomes happen. So people were thinking the worst when in fact the actual worst in this case was so much worse. Yeah. And that's a good point. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yes. When people first got there, people were worried about Gypsy because she couldn't defend herself and no one would ever, no one would have ever guessed what actually happened to Dee Dee. So that's a good point. And then once they were there and they started digging into the computers and just these little like notes and stuff, they started to be able to piece the puzzle together a little bit. And Gypsy Rose ended up pleading guilty to the second degree murder and was sentenced to 10 years in prison for the murder of Dee Dee Blanchard, her mother. And then Nicholas was found guilty of first degree murder and sentenced to life in prison and an additional 25 years for armed criminal action. So as we all know, Gypsy Rose was just released from prison and she is a free woman. So she might come on one day and clear up her story with us. Who knows? <laughs> but what a story and something I've never heard before, Chloe. When we first heard this case, like dumbfounded, it was like too crazy to even be in the realm of real. It is wild. Now, I don't necessarily think the gypsy is going to go out there and kill again. Don't get me the wrong way, but I do think the gypsy is a dangerous person. I think that she she's a lot smarter, more manipulative, and a little bit darker than people may believe. And I think that when you see her sweet, quiet voice persona why why are people so quick to being like tricked and fall for that when we know that for so many years she put on a very specific persona like keep in mind gypsy changed her voice her act her walk she she infantilized herself and her mother infantilized her for years so we know this woman can act so it just makes me nervous i also have to say i truly do feel sorry for nicholas go to john in this case now i don't feel sorry for him in the fact like he did still murder someone in a very graphic and violent way. I don't feel sorry for him in that. I just think that him and Gypsy should have had more equal punishment because I think that they were very equally involved. I don't think that it was like Nicholas Gordajan was the only one who was involved in the actual physical killing either. I think Gypsy was involved in that as well. Um, and he, you know, she had her abuse as part of her like complications to her case and the fact that she was a victim there. But he has proof of mental illness and some of that. Like, 
Not saying either of them should be given grace. I just think that they should have been given more equal punishment. I agree. I do think his punishment, especially for his circumstances, is a little harsh, especially with Gypsy now being able to live the rest of her life free. But mm-hmm. it's a very, like we said the whole time, it's a double-edged sword. This this case is very tricky. Obviously, we just kind of did a brief overview of this um, case. There's so much more that goes into it. So please do your research. And we had to talk about this because this case really did bring us to true crime over any other one. Yeah, for me, last notes, I think that Gypsy probably would never kill anyone but her mother, but probably no matter what scenario it was, would have killed her mother at some point. I think that that was a natural progression for their terrible, toxic relationship without interference. I think that Nicholas, now I don't know this to be true, this is speculation, this is just an opinion, I think that Nicholas, for a really good chance, I think that Nicholas probably would never have killed anyone had he not come across Gypsy. I think that if someone hadn't ever asked him to kill someone, he might never have ever gotten to that point or acted in that way. Um, So I think that that's really kind of tough. And I think that we'll just have to kind of watch and see what happens in the future here. It's really a bad scenario for everyone involved, I have to say. It's very sad. Very, very sad. So for anyone who hasn't watched it, I really would recommend the act. I think they did a great job. It's Patricia Arquette and Joey King playing as Dee Dee and Gypsy Rose Blanchard. I think it was a great job. You can also see if you can find Mommy Den and Dearest, which is more of a documentary style with some real footage of them. There's a lot, a lot of footage of Dee Dee and Gypsy. They were they did a lot of videos, lots of photo shoots, lots of stuff like that. Dee Dee was promoting this situation she was doing Mm -hmm. whatever she could to get what she could for free so dig into it a little bit it's interesting it's it's fascinating to watch it's really interesting to see what Didi and gypsy were like when gypsy was under Didi's control compared to what gypsy's like now post-prison you know gypsy said that she had never felt more free than her first day in prison and that that was the best day of her entire life which is you know that's a that's a bold statement. But what I really want to get Garrett's opinion on, I think there's one scene in the act that's one of the best, like one of the most intense scenes I've ever seen in a film, a show, a movie. I really deeply felt the moment, felt the emotion, felt the fear. And like, this is how I imagine the scenario always playing out, even though it doesn't always come this way. So For those of you who have seen it, when Gypsy and Nicholas finally got caught, they were at Nicholas's family's house. They they were staying upstairs in kind of like an attic situation. This was Nicholas's bedroom, for lack of better terms. And they can see the blue and red flashing lights. They can hear that the police are outside the house. They're saying, like, you're surrounded. You know, Gypsy, Rose, Blanchard, Nicholas, go to John. You're surrounded. They've got all of this stuff. They are there to get them. These two people are on, like, lists for murderers who are fleeing, escaping. And there's a scene where the two of them crawl into, like, an armoire, like a little dresser, a cabinet dresser. They crawl in there together, and they hide from the police, and they wait. And the scene plays out where Nicholas's parents are awoken, obviously, by this ruckus. And they go to the front door, and they are scared and confused. Any... Any person, but, you know, any good American who's woken in the night in that kind of way, that's a terrible, terrible, horrifying thought. And it's confusing because if you haven't done anything wrong, you're like, 
hold on officers, there's, there must be some mistake. Like if you haven't done wrong, you're there to help, but you're like, I genuinely think there's a mix up here. I don't know what's going on. They bust through the doors and they go upstairs into the attic and you just see the lights until they open up the doors of the dresser. And then it kind of cuts to where, you know, Gypsy's going to prison and everything. But I think that scene was done so well. You can feel the fear. You can feel their heartbeats pounding in their chest as they listen to the footsteps of the policemen coming up the stairs to get them. They realize, I think in that moment, that's the first moment where everything set in and became real, especially for Gypsy. Mm-hmm. The high wore off right there. She was like, yep. oh, she, this is She's like, reality. Yep. And it's interesting, too. This is another one of those cases where the second they separated, Gypsy turned on Nicholas immediately. Uh, yeah. He never, he never, ever turned on Gypsy. Even to this day, he has kept his story extremely accurate extremely similar his facts haven't changed his like details haven't changed gypsies has and she kind of ratted him out and he just never did that's crazy it's crazy and i i agree with you i think that scene really is effective and i mean it's shitty this whole thing is so bad all the parties involved it was just terrible I guess that's a wrap on us covering Gypsy Rose for now. I mean, let us know how you feel if you've been following the case, if you're interested in the updates and what's going on with her. I think it's very fascinating the way that she's become such a celebrity in the public eye. So if you guys have thoughts, comments, if you have things to say about it, let us know. DM us. If you have questions about this case, you could always ask us questions through our Q&A episode that we're queuing up. Garrett's going to be posting lots of opportunities for you guys to ask questions on our Instagram account for that. Or if you have other cases that you'd be interested in us giving our thoughts, our opinions kind of touching on, this isn't the same as like a true crime podcast. We're not giving you all of the facts and features. We're not walking you all the way through the case because other podcasts do that and they do it the best. So we're just kind of giving you our little thoughts and opinions, kind of like a little coffee crime time sort of chat situation like Stephanie Harlow does. So amazing. Check it out. Hopefully you guys love it. And yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at EFEF podcast. We've got amazing stuff on there. Our graphics, our posts, we really would love for you guys to check it out, interact with us. Tell us what you think. We can be found on Spotify and Amazon music here for our podcast. So keep listening in, like, comment, subscribe, download, share it with your friends, all those good things. And that's about it. That's about it, babes. We love you guys. Hopefully you guys have been checking out some of those shows we talked about on our Everyone's Favorite TV Shows episode. And now you've got some new music to listen to after this episode. So hit it up, check it out. And we love you for listening. We sure do. And we'll talk to you next time. Good. Good.